This is the Implant Games Podcast with Chris and Austin, the show where we talk about old school games, collecting, YouTube, and more. This is episode 61, You're Totally Forgetting. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Implant Games Podcast. I am your host, Chris Genthy, and with me as always, Austin Mackert. How are you, Austin? Uh, Austin, it sounds like you haven't gotten your mic problem figured out. Oh, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we have a great show lined up for you today. Um, We actually have a few modern things to talk about, and then that'll kind of segue into all the uh, old games that you've uh, come to know and love from us. So, uh, Austin, let's kick things off with the PlayStation Vita, which uh, you have picked up. Yeah, um... (laughs) <laughs> well, let's uh, let's start out with first. Uh, I believe the original Vita had a uh, OLED screen, the organic light emitting diode, and now it is uh, the new ones. I believe are a normal LCD screen. Is that correct? Yes. Or do you not know uh, or care? No, no, no. Yes, absolutely. Uh, apparently, the Vita, much like the original PSP, um, different variations in the model are being dubbed the 1000 and 2000 and so on lines so the original vita they're going to just dub a ps vita 1000 uh which is the oled screen uh which looks great mind you um you know uh so the psp or ps vita i want to call it a psp but the ps vita (laughs) 2000 (laughs) is the one with the uh LCD screen in it, and I've actually seen uh, pictures of them side by side with the same game and like the same title screen. And the OLED screen definitely looks a lot better. Um, Should be black or blacks, white or white. Exactly, just better contrast. Yeah, exactly. I, Which one do you have though? Uh, well, the second model actually isn't out yet, and uh, but oh, it's nice. coming out very soon. And supposedly, from what I heard, they're discontinuing the 1000 series. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would assume the LCD is probably cheaper to make. Um, oh, yeah. It's, uh, I think it sucks up less power, which is good for the battery life. So, yeah, I mean, but... Uh, yeah. That might not be true. I'm not it sure. Might not the be OLED true. might actually be more energy efficient, really? but more okay. expensive, which is why you don't see a lot of large uh, OLED or OLED monitors. But it should be... It, like, um, plasma televisions are sort of dead. Um, and unfortunately, my plasma TV did die. Um, but you get much, much richer blacks um, compared to a backlit LCD screen. Yeah. And then that's the same with an OLED uh, display. Uh, on the Vita, I would imagine that screen is, is gorgeous. Uh, probably has better color reproduction than any high-end Apple device you know anyone's ever used. It does look gorgeous. It's a very crisp screen. Uh, I really like how the games look on it, uh, especially games that have just smooth visuals overall. That definitely helps a lot. Uh, when I'm playing like an original PSP game on it through, you know, uh, download purchases, it's, uh, you know, they don't look as good because they're all pixelated and, uh, I guess they're probably upscaled on the Vita screen and they kind of just don't look very good. But, uh, you yeah. know, for modern games like the PS Vita, uh, GUI, it looks really crisp. Uh, when I'm playing, Super Monkey Ball, it looks great. You know, <laughs> uh, Wipeout doesn't look as good as the other games, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, it looks nice. Um, but, the main reason I got the Vita is because of word of them discontinuing the system. Um, yeah. And I definitely don't want an LCD screen if I don't have to, you know. So Exactly, yeah. Uh, that was sort of the main reason to get me to go out and buy one. I just, it was 
I just literally went out and just slapped him on the credit card. Uh, normally, this is something I have to think about for a while, you know, before I, I make the decision. But I thought about it for like two minutes, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm buying one. I'm <laughs> buying like, one I'm tomorrow." It. <laughs> um, so, uh, but another reason why I wanted to get it is there are a couple games uh, that are on it that I wanted, like Wipeout and Luminous and stuff like that. Uh, East just came out apparently, um, but uh, Jeff Minter's Y two K or whatever Y. Well, that was the biggest uh, factor. Is uh, Jeff Minter the man behind uh, Tempest two thousand, uh, Tempest three thousand, Space Giraffe, uh, Space Minotaur on handheld devices, and a bunch of other goofy little games? Uh, he's been in the industry. He's probably one of the oldest guys still in the industry, like actively making games. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was around <laughs> since, uh, I mean, we're talking like the early, early computer days. And, you know, uh, wow, such a long time ago. Very talented programmer and very exactly. uh, different, yep. independent. Absolutely. Um, and Tempest 2000, for a lot of us, is probably his most well known game and his best game. Like, to me, that's. You know, granted, I didn't play a lot of his early stuff. I, I actually really didn't play any of his early stuff because no. I really found out about Jeff Minter through Tempest 2000, and then I began following his stuff from there. But of all the more rod- modern games he's put out, uh, I th- still think Tempest 2000 is his best game. Uh, it's the best yeah. balance of style and substance. Where And difficulty. And, well, <laughs> it's got a pretty balanced difficulty as well. Once you figure out the enemy patterns and stuff like that, and you really, you know, get your head around, uh, wrap your head around the mechanics. But uh, his later efforts, starting really with Tempest 3000, uh, it was more uh, style over substance. You know, Tempest 3000, yeah. kind of hard to play because the visuals are so crazy. Space Draft, for some people, was almost impossible to play because of the visuals. Uh, and his game sort of continued in that trend. Uh, I picked up a couple of his other non-tube shooter games. There was one that was sort of like Asteroids a little bit. And uh, it was still kind of difficult to play because of the visuals. But uh, TXK, as it's as this new game is uh, called, it's actually sort of like a remake of Tempest 2000. It goes back to basics. Yeah. It's more of a, uh, um, a better meshing of style and substance together. And uh, it's just, a, a, from what I've played so far, i put a couple hours into it already. It is a much better balance than any of his last games in the last... God, well, since Tempest 2000, basically. Uh, <laughs> awesome. And it is awesome. It is amazing. Totally worth the Vita purchase. Uh, unfortunately, it's only a download, but it's a cheap download. It's $10 by itself, or if you have a PS Plus account, it's only 8 bucks. So, um, oh, wow. What an incredible game. Uh, I don't even know where to start with it, really. Just go check out some videos. You can see it in progress. And if you've played Tempest 2000, uh, you really you know what you're getting into. Uh Basically the same format, but he's changed uh, enemy properties. Some of the same enemies don't operate the way they did in Tempest 2000, whereas some do, like the the sort of yak heads that come up later on in the game. Um, and the webs that you play on, some of them will just start spinning around completely, like 360 degrees, and they'll just keep spinning as you're playing through the level. And it gets very trippy, uh, <laughs> but it's great. Music, I assume, is awesome. The music is awesome. There's some really old-school style, like breakbeat tunes, uh, but you also have some more modern-style trance and stuff like that, which is really cool. And it's got a really good mixture uh, overall. So, yeah, that was the... the the, well, the second biggest reason for buying a Vita is I told people I would buy a Vita uh, when the Tempest remake came out. 
or Tempest mm-hmm. 2000 remake came out. Um, but, you know, the other sort of factor nudging me in that direction was the fact that the OLED screen was being discontinued. So, which kind of sucked I, in my I book. think you and me probably both read the same article where he pretty much praised the screen and said this, you know, is the type of game you want to play on that type of screen because of, you know, how good the OLED screen is. Yeah. Um, if, uh, I remember, I will throw a link to that article up, or if I guess I can find the article, I will throw that up. It was actually, I believe written by Jeff Minter. I think it was on his personal blog. Okay. I don't really remember. Uh, Reboot, the, the JAG code team posted it on their uh, Facebook group. Oh, okay. And I, I read it. It was really interesting. So, so I don't think, I don't know how much he writes. I don't remember reading a lot that's like from him himself. It was, yeah. it was huge. Well, he's got a blog these days and, uh. And it's actually, he's got a link to his blog in uh, the, the TXK program itself. So you can, <laughs> I think he's going to be getting more okay. people like following what he does, which is pretty cool. But, uh, you know, yeah. I can probably just pull up the reboot, uh, you know, Facebook page. And, Facebook uh, group, yeah. Yeah. And really find interesting, it. though. He's such a weird, interesting person. Yeah, he's got a great sense of humor. Like, it, just reading, like, the credits is hilarious. Like, I saw... And that's what I miss about certain games. Uh, like, I'll play games and they'll be all serious and whatnot, but I go through the credits on the Jeff Minter games and it's just, I have a laugh out loud, literally. It's great. Um, it's, yeah. I wish there was more of that. Uh, in I think in the article he talks about actually programming the JAG version too. So Nice, nice. Yeah. Like a lot of nostalgia there along with the new game. So that is what put you over the top to get a Vita. Oh, absolutely. I've been uh, keeping up with that for a little while. Not really keeping up with it, but just sort of keeping an eye out for when a release was actually happening. Because I saw some videos of it, uh, and I was just like, wow. Amazing. So... I will uh, probably not buy one, Austin, and uh, continue hoping that the Vita TV will be released in America. <laughs> because that is uh, probably how... Yeah, that's that interests me a little bit more than the handheld. i got to be honest, I bought a PSP and five or six games and just pretty much never played it. Although I still play Game Boy Advance games on my DS all the time. Well, now that I have a Vita, I can understand a little bit more... Um why the Vita TV is probably not going to be as good to have. It, honest, to honestly, I think they should have just included a video out on the Vita. Like, why not? Like, yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that in itself would have been enough, <laughs> like the PSP does. I I actually really yeah. like using the PSP as a, as a TV system because I'm still using the exact same controller. I don't right. have to use a PS4 controller to make things feel different, you know, or which will yeah. make things feel different. You're getting the real exactly. experience yeah. on a big screen. And, um, but, uh, you know, the problem with the Vita is it's got a touchscreen on it, and you have to use the touchscreen in a lot of instances, which is kind of weird. Like the GUI, like it's a very simple GUI, but you have to scroll up and down with your finger in order to go mm-hmm. to your applications. And you have to touch the application to actually load it, which I don't understand why they don't have, uh, like, like allow the D-pad a, to... Press A? Yeah, <laughs> or something like that. Um, well, just like the Wii, you can actually scroll through the menu using the D-pad if you want and select it by, yeah. with one of the buttons. You don't, Or same on the Wii U. You don't actually have to touch the screen all the time, which is great. Like, I like how they don't force me to use the screen because sometimes I can actually just scroll through faster with the D-pad. Mm-hmm. PS Vita isn't like that. You have to use the screen. 
Uh, and there are some games, like Super Monkey Ball is the perfect example. I really have no idea why they did this, but you have to touch the screen for your menus in that game as well. Yeah. And which just... It's sort of like the Wii U, where there's... Nintendo, I'm sure at this point, would love to just ditch the touchscreen controller, you know, hack the price down by 100 bucks, and, uh, you know, have had a $200 product during Christmas. But because now there's a year's worth of games that, you know, use the touchscreen for arbitrary reasons, it's just sort of stuck. Yeah, but I mean, that's kind of a different story, because that, I think the touchscreen's actually useful, especially if you have, use off-TV play. Which the Vita, right. you've already got this dedicated system in your <laughs> hands. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I mean, people. Some people don't give the Wii U enough credit in terms of that. Like, I think the well, off-screen play, Sonic Lost World. Well, yeah, but what I was going to say is, I think the off-TV play is actually a really, really cool thing. And yeah, people, I like, agree. Even if no games use the the touchpad, I'm fine with that. If you know, because it's got the off screenplay you know there's a lot of times where we're watching tv or a movie and one of the kids is playing the wii u on the second mm -hmm. screen yeah i mean totally useful yeah absolutely so but uh you know it's a shame sorry way off track kind of off track but not really uh that's the only issue i see with uh ps vita tv well there's actually two issues the other issue is is where are you going to store your games i don't think it's going to have much memory built in if at all or is it going to take sony's uh dedicated memory sticks I want to say it has a slot for the sticks. Okay, yeah. And I would assume it would have 32 or 64 gigabytes on board. I'm not real sure. Well, yeah, I, I hope so, because those, uh, those sticks are expensive, man. <laughs> those sticks, yeah. those are expensive. Uh, I got lucky, and I there was a used eight. Uh, sorry, there was a used four gigabyte stick, which isn't much, but I wasn't planning on downloading a lot of games. Um, so that got me by. I was able to re-download some of my PS1 classics. Uh, which is great. Um, I was actually really surprised because I didn't know any of the PS1 classics were released in the Vita. But there's been a bunch of Does them. Does that mean like the the PSP classic or like if, you if bought, I bought a game on the bought, PSP? If you bought a game on the PSP and it was made available for Vita, you can re-download it on your Vita it's at yours. no charge. Yeah. It's linked to your account nice. just like Xbox Live is. So. I mean, I logged in. I was able to re-download like the Capcom Classics collections. Uh, I was able to re-download Everyday Shooter from the PSP, which was a great game, mind you. Uh, I was able to download some of my PS1 classics like Metal Slug. Um, oh, very nice. Um, there's a couple on there, or a couple, I'm sorry, I purchased that art on there that I would like them to be like. Uh, R-Types and R-Type Delta. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, actually, and you know what, to be honest, I don't think those will ever be on there because... Uh, I want to say, do the IRM sort of like dissolving and their IPs are kind of up in the air. I don't think we're going to see those back on there, which is a shame. What a shame. Yeah. Uh, but I was able to download a bunch of my PS1 games, uh, you know, Jumping Flash. Uh, I, you know, there's still a bunch that aren't on there, but, uh, you know, it's nice that I bought this, ex this uh, bleh, I bought this system. It's kind of pricey, uh, although I did buy a used one in nice shape. So I got about $50 off. The, you know the normal going price which is good um but i was not only able to have a couple of handful of vita games but i also have this nice library of old games i was able to re-download so i've got a nice little selection of games to pick from on this new system i bought so that was Very really nice. cool so 
hopefully i am you know if it does ever get well if you know it's getting released in japan so i assume new games will kind of compensate that it could be played on two platforms and then hopefully that would you know mirror a u.s release yeah yeah but yeah i i would totally spend a hundred dollars on a on a vita tv like we've talked about i don't know if i would spend a couple hundred on the system though even with that gorgeous screen you know what i would even be tempted to uh, buy a Vita TV eventually, but we'll see how much. If I really, really enjoy the Vita, I might be considering buying a Vita TV because mm-hmm. you know TXK <laughs> is amazing, especially. Uh, but I would really like to play it on a TV. <laughs> I'd really like to play it with my giant speakers. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, I love my Roku. So you know, if a Roku played PS Vita games, that would be pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, that's really interesting, Austin. Um, did you have anything else to say on the Vita? No, no, I've actually only had it for literally two nights now. Um, four hours. Yeah, All right. I've actually probably put a, <laughs> probably put a little more than four hours in of play into it already between all the games I have. So. Uh, I've definitely gotten some playtime out of it so far, and it's a nice little system. So, um, <laughs> I actually sold my Nintendo 3DS XL uh, about a month ago because I just there wasn't much I was actually interested in on it. I just kind of sat there, and I was like, you know what? I used I really played my PSP over the years, so I was like, I will probably play the Vita a lot too if I buy yeah. one. So, I went ahead and did it uh, thanks to TXK and the discontinuation of the OLED. So, I think it'll be worth it in the long run. So, sticking with the trend of the uh, current generation or the next generation of systems, uh, you've got on here Xbox One first impressions. <laughs> I don't even. Did you buy an Xbox One? Uh, I don't even remember putting this on here, but it, we've had this uh, document <laughs> up here for so long that we haven't recorded in so long. I just don't even remember what I wrote. But apparently, okay. I did write it, or maybe you did, and I just don't know. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I don't remember Talk that. about this, I, Austin. I don't remember that being there 10 minutes ago. Where did this come from? <laughs> do you have an Xbox One or no? <laughs> uh, yes, I do. No? Okay, you do. I did not know this. Really? I thought it... That means you wrote it. <laughs> why, why would I know you have an Xbox One? Because I posted it on Facebook. <laughs> oh, I guess Facebook blocks uh, all of your stuff. Yeah, just like we were talking about before. Um... But yeah, right, I, you know, yeah, you know how I am occasionally with these impulse buys and, um, no, yeah. I, I have no idea what I really, 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 really wanted to play killer instinct. Um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, super impulse buy. I bought an Xbox one. Uh, it was either the day after or two days after Christmas. And, okay. uh, you know, I had one of the credit cards paid down quite a bit. So, you know, I had a lot of money free on it. And I was at Walmart. Uh, saw that they had some day one editions in. This is granted a month after the system came out. And the day one editions were for pre-orders pretty much only, I believe. Um, Interesting. So what I think happened is someone got a day one edition uh, for Christmas and returned it. Maybe they, were, they already got a system or... You know, they just didn't want it. And uh, so I think this was probably a return. Uh, so I saw the day one edition and was like, ooh, limited edition. <laughs> Austin can't resist. <laughs> Killer Instinct. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so I bought it. Uh, unfortunately, uh, um, not. No, I, not I have can't. to post a disclaimer. Killer Instinct is amazing. It is wow. Everything okay. I, I wished for in a remake. Uh, when I first saw the E3 video uh, this past year or in 2013, I wasn't sure what to think. But the more I watched videos on the game, the more it sort of just uh, uh, the more I I liked it, and the more I liked what I saw. And when I got the game, you know, that impression was just solidified further by the gameplay. I mean, the gameplay is great. And the guys that made the game, they clearly have uh, hardcore fighting game play on their minds in making this game. I mean, it is lots of techniques to be used. It's going to be a major competitive game at EVO this year, which is pretty much the biggest fighting game tournament ever. Uh, and it's held on an annual basis. And... um it is such a great throwback to the original games, too, in terms of the music stylings, in terms of the voices, in terms of the combo system. The combo system is basically identical to the combo system in the original two Killer Instinct games. Like, you can't get much better in a remake than actually go by the original gameplay system from 20 years ago. I mean, they really went all out with this game uh, in terms of the gameplay and whatnot. And I I've been having a blast with Killer Instinct. But the rest of the Xbox One, I, I, I meh. Meh. Just meh. Yeah. Uh, I'm not impressed with the system really at all. Um, yeah. I mean, at all. There's not one thing the Xbox One does that I went and said to myself, holy crap, that's amazing. Yeah. And um, the longer the system's out, the longer I have it, the more that, that feeling just sort of sinks in. Um and, uh, you know, for instance, you know, and this is a minor issue. This will probably change in the future. There's a lot of Xbox One games that are only displayed in 720p. Um, PS4 is pretty much doing everything in 1080. And I have a 1080p television. And it's mm -hmm. like, you know, that was another reason I bought the system is I just got this brand new TV. And I yeah. wanted something brand new to take advantage of that. And it's not taking advantage of that. Um it's got a lot of issues that are actually being addressed and they're being fixed uh, as of recording this episode. There's, you know, they, they've just released the first major patch uh, system update, which I actually have to download still, which re-adds yeah. battery life indicators, which weren't there to begin with. I don't know why yeah. not. Like, uh, <laughs> I was in the middle of a KI. Uh, I've read that, yeah. and I'm like, really? Like, you can't just bring up the menu and it yep. tells you? That's what the Xbox has done since 2005? Yep. Um, and uh, <laughs> It's useful. <laughs> I was in the middle of a ranked online match in Killer Instinct and lost because my battery died uh, in my uh, controller. Um yeah, no indication saying it was it was going to die. There's no like red ring or anything like that. Like on Nintendo's uh, systems, uh, there's a battery life indicator on the controller itself. Like the blue light on the controller will turn red if your battery is about yep. to die. And the Xbox One doesn't have that. Um, I mean, on the Xbox 360, it even has that. I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> there was no yeah. The um, Xbox 360 starts uh, in flashing mm -hmm. like alternate. Of the four rings. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> there was no hard drive space indicator. So you couldn't tell how much space you were using on the hard drive. Uh, the system has a 500 gigabyte hard drive built in, which actually sounds pretty good until you realize you have to install every Blu-ray disc game onto your hard drive. 
Yeah. So every game you want to play in the system has to be installed, um, which I don't. I guess uh, I don't know if that's just to keep the wear and tear on the drives down, or if it's just because games were taking too long to load, just reading straight from the disc. Um, but so are the load times then really good? Uh, no, they're actually not. not they're a, actually not. They're not. They're not. I mean, they're 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 fine. They're typical. But for having installed a game to the hard drive completely, you would think that the load times would be better than they actually are. Um, it's kind of hard to do. Dis- at least not have to have the disc in the drive. No, or you, you still have, have to have the disc in the drive. Okay. Yeah. Um, unless you downloaded it. But if you downloaded the game, you still have to have the console connect online at least once a day for the uh, mandatory online check, which is kind of weird. Um, I mean, there's... Yeah. there's well, we've talked about all yeah, that. We've talked like, about all that last in the past. Summer. Um, the, uh, the voice commands... Oh, man. Uh, they hit or miss hit or very, just bad? Very hit or miss. Very hit or miss. My biggest qualm with Connect is many functions of the, the system operating system won't work without Connect attached. And this is even for applications that you use the directional pad to navigate and use. You still have to have Connect attached to actually use the set application. That just blows my mind. Like, that just doesn't make any sense. I use a controller to use this application, but I have to have Connect attached. That doesn't make any sense. It's illogical completely. And there's just so many things with the Xbox One that are like that. Um, Currently, you cannot uh, rip any music CDs to your hard drive. So uh, you can't... It actually doesn't support MP3s on the box itself. Apparently, you can stream your own music library from your computer. But that's... Yeah, that doesn't make any sense either. Like, I can play... Doesn't the PS4 have that same problem? I think it does. I think it does. But it's like, I can play MP3s on my 360... Yeah. And get them to my 360 in a variety of ways. Why can't I do that on the Xbox One? Um, there's just a lot of other issues with the system like that that are just. Uh, is there anything <sighs> like if you're a 360 fanboy that is going to prevent you from wanting this, or not really? Uh, yeah, the 360 is pretty much better in every single way right now. <laughs> I mean, there's if you're a big 360 fan. Stick with your 360 for now. Give it a year. Uh, for one, give it a year for the price to drop. The system is just, with all these issues, it's almost like a slap in the face. Like, I could buy a PlayStation 4 that's getting most of these issues right. Granted, it does have a few of its own issues, but it's getting a lot more issues right than it is getting them wrong. And it's $100 less. Uh, granted, Xbox One, it does have Kinect, and for some people, Kinect is working really well. For me, not so much. It's really hit or miss. Um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I have a Wii U, and I am happy with my Wii U. You'll be U. <laughs> fine with your Wii U for quite some time. You won't. Yeah, yep. I mean, you know what I love about the Wii U. In last episode, I was kind of like, yeah, they should figure out a way to get rid of the touchscreen controller. I actually prefer in the living room. Uh, whenever I fire up uh, Hulu Plus or Netflix, I love the touchscreen on the uh, Wii U to help with navigation and kind of showing me what's going on. Same here. Like the Netflix, the Netflix app on the Wii U is really, really good. Yeah. And it's um, actually <laughs> it's actually not so good in the Xbox One. Yet another reason. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah. The, the, <laughs> uh, 
You know what annoys me about all of those? And, uh, you know, hopefully our listeners here are kind of nerds in other ways besides retro gaming. Um, I'm a huge AV nerd, so I've got, you know, all of these services available in every room. And uh, it's kind of sad that my two cheapest things, the uh, the Roku box and the Wii U, offer the best experience for streaming media, when uh, especially with the Wii U isn't really known as like a, a media device, you know, Nintendo's been kind of behind the ball, but, uh, the Wii U for those services is really, really compelling. Yeah. Compared to the 360, which is meant for media consumption. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of 360, the media consumption works okay on that. If in terms of like streaming stuff, if you have an Xbox live gold subscription, Oh yeah, there's that too. It doesn't work at all, <laughs> and that is still the case with the Xbox One. Uh, I can't even browse the internet through Internet Explorer without having an Xbox Live Gold subscription. Uh, there's some very basic, uh, there's some very basic functionality that you can do on your Wii U and PlayStation Four, like browse the internet <laughs> um, without without having to pay yeah. for a service. I mean, we knew you don't have to pay for any services except for your Netflix and Hulu Plus and Amazon video accounts, but those are different third-party services anyway, yeah. you know. But on the Xbox Go, uh, Xbox One, you still have to have Xbox Live, which is another $60 a year. Um, so I had to buy that when I bought the system. Uh, the system itself has actually been... Okay, so I paid 500 for the system. I had to pay 60 for a second controller. I had to pay 25 for the play and charge kit, which is $5 more than the one on the Xbox 360 for some odd reason. Um, I'm going to have to invest $25 on the privacy stand for the Kinect, because it also acts as a mount, so I can mount it to the top of my TV, where hopefully nice. it'll work better. Currently, it's sitting behind my TV, because it just barely even worked right in, uh, below my TV. Uh, Oh man! So and then I paid sixty dollars for Xbox Live Gold. So five hundred dollars for the system. Sixty. It's five sixty. Five eighty-five. Uh, six forty something. And then with the privacy stand, I would be looking at about six seventy, six eighty total. And that's without any. That's without Killer Instinct, which is forty. That's without Forza Motorsport, which is sixty. And this is why I have yeah. a Sega Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why I'm Super Nintendo. Nintendo. <laughs> uh, so it is Xbox One is a very large investment. So you've right been now. disappointed at this time. I have absolutely, and you know, I still have to install the latest update, so it might get a little bit better. And apparently, they're going to be rolling out another update sometime in uh, March. And um, yeah, I mean. I've been disappointed with it. I just have to say the games are bad. Forza, I think, is actually a really, really good racing game. And, yeah. you know, I actually haven't gone back and played it. I played it on the first and second day. Um, really enjoyed it. I, I sent you a picture of an orange RX-8 because you yep. used to have an RX-8. Used to have an RX-8. And uh, that was straight from the game. It looks beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. Although the game, I'm also a little... There are some aspects. These are very, very, like, picky quirks mind you as i noticed that uh forza is 60 frames a second except for your mm -hmm. rear view mirrors they run at half the frame rate at least oh that's interesting <laughs> and i don't know if i've ever played a racing game that does that um see i never use so. the cockpit view for any racing game well you always have a rear view mirror no matter i think which oh, view you're okay. in 
in Forza, I, I believe. Uh, so, yeah, even if you're playing in, like in third person, actually, I always play in, in first person in Forza. For some reason, the more realistic style racing games I played better with in first person. Uh, the more arcade style ones I find myself doing better with in third person. Yeah. Um, so, but Forza is nice, but it's not worth. It's not nice to the degree of uh, Everything. investing in a yeah. $500 system. And that's how the kind of the rest of the library is right now. It's also very heavily EA-focused. So you got all the EA sports games and blah, blah, blah. If you're a fan of that stuff, cool. Uh, but honestly, I'd, I'd just say buy a PS4 to play that stuff. You know, it's cheaper, and you'll get a better-looking game. Um, Killer Instinct, like I said, it's amazing. If you're a fan of the originals, it is totally, I mean... It's really not worth the price of a system purchase, but if the system goes down in price later on, and if it improves some of these aspects, buy Killer Instinct if you ever buy an Xbox One. Um, but uh, you know, some of the downloaded ga- downloadable games are kind of like they're not really very good on Xbox One, like Halo, yeah. Halo uh, Assault or something like that. It's like a twin stick shooter, kind of a mediocre game. Uh, Max: The Curse of Brotherhood. Oh, it's okay. It's like fifteen bucks, whatever. Um, it's an average puzzle-oriented platformer. Uh, it's got some cool graphics here and there, but it's also got some frame rate inconsistencies, which you know. And I think that's the biggest issue with the Xbox One is just it's very inconsistent. And um, even in, in its software lineup, I mean, you expect this brand new state-of-the-art system. You expect games to run at 60 frames a second and look buttery smooth, and most of its games aren't, you know? Yeah. Uh, I heard Rise is pretty cool, but I haven't played it yet. I'm waiting, really at this point, I'm just waiting for all the games to drop in price. Um, uh, It does have the TV functionality where you can, it's got another HDMI input on the back, so you can basically stream another device's, uh, you know, uh, whatever output through your Xbox One. And with the Xbox One, you can, you know, display that feed onto your TV. And you can also multitask to where you have, like, a small window showing the television screen or stream. Yeah. But then, like, browse the Internet on the side or, you know, on top of that. So it's got multitasking, which works okay, which is cool. But I don't have cable TV. Um, My television, my dosage of television is all through Netflix these days. Yeah. I don't pay for cable TV. So, um and because of that, I just I watch Netflix on my Wii U. The Netflix app is better on the Wii U than it is on Xbox One. <laughs> and so, for the last month, literally, I've only used the Xbox One. Austin, you could feed your Wii U into the 360 or the Xbox One, and then out to your TV. Well, see, the problem is the Wii U already has its own slot on my TV because it's the modern system I use the most. So I just switch inputs. Uh, I actually had the Xbox 360 running through the Xbox One, and I would boot up the Xbox One, boot up the 360, and then run my MP3s, uh, or play my MP3s on my 360. And so they would output (laughs) on my TV. But then I was like, you know what? That's all I'm using using the Xbox One for. So I just disconnected the Xbox One's input. And I'm like, if I want to play an Xbox One game, I'll just swap swap the HDMI ports. But I have my 360 plugged in permanently to the TV now, too. The Xbox One isn't even connected to it at the moment. So yeah. don't buy an Xbox One right now, guys. Wait. Um, Killer Instinct, like I said, is amazing, but that's about it. Everything else is just kind of not good right now. Um, so, 
Although the DVR functionality is pretty cool, but you need to have Connect attached to even do that. You have to say, yeah. like, Xbox, record that, and it'll record the last 30 seconds of whatever you were just doing. So, you know, if you have a good, like, combo ender or fatality or something like that, you can record that. Uh, the video. How do you feel talking to your Xbox One? It feels freaking weird. <laughs> I don't feel so bad if like no one's in the apartment, but when my brother's here, yeah. I'm like, I don't really don't want to like, talk oh, to the TV. I'm a tool. <laughs> um, but it, I mean, it is kind of cool. It, see, I don't really need it. Um, it's neat. Like I've been in the kitchen and making like lunch or something, and be like, Xbox watch TV or Xbox like music or something like that uh, but I have to have my Xbox 360 hooked up at the same time because yeah. that's where I get my music from you know uh, or like Xbox play Killer Instinct and that works because like I'm going to play Killer Instinct after I eat my lunch or something Yeah, but I don't use it that often I think people that um, watch a lot of TV will find more use in that be like Xbox on Xbox watch TV Xbox go to channel 1000 or something like that and mm -hmm. it would work a lot better but I just have no use for that so if you're a guy that watches a ton of TV I, I could definitely see the, the one having more value but as it is just as a games machine and a general multimedia device it is not a good system right now um, their PlayStation 4 is apparently like sold uh, over, more than the Xbox one by tenfold now after I mean, it's been about three or four months since the system's been out, and there's a really good reason for that. I think people are starting to catch wind of that, of how almost ass backwards the Xbox One is in certain ways. I mean, the 360 is just a much better device right now, and there's a lot of things you can do on that the Xbox One cannot do, which doesn't make any sense, you know. So, but yeah, enough about that, Chris. Those are my negative Alrighty. impressions of uh, <laughs> Xbox One. Although, do you want to uh, ease our way back into the, the retro by uh, eradicating the rest of our modern talk first? <laughs> Speaking of the Xbox One, Austin, I've been playing a lot of Pro Pinball Time Shock on PlayStation. <laughs> that's, not X, uh, that's not Xbox One. I was going to talk about Castlevania first. <laughs> no. Speaking of the Xbox One, how about Castlevania Lords of Shadow? I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. <laughs> you don't know what that is? No. Man, you really haven't been keeping up with modern games at all, have you? <laughs> no. I, I, really, I just have not. No, uh, Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2 uh, is actually coming out, uh, or actually will have been out already by the time this episode's uploaded. And, uh, you know, in looking forward to that, uh, I went ahead and I ran through Castlevania Lords of Shadow uh, which was a 2010 release for the Xbox 360. And, uh, you know, when I first played this game, sort of like the reboot to the Castlevania series, I really didn't like it that much. Um, there wasn't really much that was Castlevania, quote-unquote, about it. Um, but I played it again uh, a second time just last week because of Part 2 coming out. And one thing that I did like about Lords of Shadow is I liked the story, and so I'm looking forward to seeing what the story has to offer in Part 2, um, because the series has made an interesting twist where uh, in Lords of Shadow 2, your main character from the first one, and this is going to be a major spoiler, by the way, but if you've seen the trailer for Part 2, you should already know this. Uh, your character basically you know, gives in to darkness, and he becomes Dracula, you know, the infamous Dracula from the whole Castlevania series. So this is sort of like 
the storyline origin of Dracula. Because it's never really told on any of the other, like, the rest of the canon. It's just Dracula's always been there, and you always have to kill him over and over again. Um, but one thing that intrigued me about Part 2 is that this follows up on Lords of Shadow and continues with, like, how Dracula evolved and stuff like that. Um, the original Castlevania games have never really been about the story so much. But, uh, you know, Lords of Shadow has been. And that, that has definitely made it interesting. Uh, and it does have a good story. Um... But, uh, you know, the gameplay I wasn't a huge fan of back in 2010 either, but I did enjoy it more in this last playthrough. Um, a lot of people called it uh, Castlevania of War or something like that, or God of Castlevania, yeah. because it played a lot like God of War. But to be honest, Lords of Shadow doesn't even play as good as God of War. Uh, there's something about God of War that's just very fun, but Lords of Shadow didn't even really have that. I just found myself doing the same attacks over and over. A lot of the secondary attacks you earn through experience points, they didn't really have much of a gameplay effect. They weren't really worth doing. Um, so I would find myself just attacking with my X attack, X button attack, three or four times, five times, and then dodge, and then just do it again, and then dodge and do it again. Um, it's got a cool blocking system, though, which when you, you really have to get the hang of that if you want to play or get the most out of the game, which that was cool. But... Uh, you know, despite the sort of monotonous uh, nature, I did enjoy the gameplay as well. I flowed through the game much easier than I did in my first playthrough when it first came out. Uh, and overall, it probably took me about 15 to 20 hours to beat it the second time. And uh, it was alright. Um, but uh, I am definitely looking forward to the second one, which I've got pre-ordered. And by the time we record our next episode, I will have played. So, but... Uh, yeah, I figured I could talk about that, Chris, since we were just talking about modern stuff. Um, My bad. But I, you know, I, I don't. I, you're not missing much by not having played the game. But I was surprised that you weren't even aware of it, though. Um, I mean, the series was re kind of rebooted in two, 2010. Uh, there was actually there was a sequel to Lords of Shadow on the 3DS called Lords of Shadow: Mirror of Fate, which pretty much follows up on Lords of Shadow. It's sort of like the linker between. Lords of Shadow 1 and the real Lords of Shadow 2. Um, um, the, for the most part, Austin, unless it's been on, uh, like, uh, The Completionist or, <clears throat> or uh, not, oh, hell, what's the guy called? I can't remember. He did all the Sonic videos a while back. Oh, yeah, Some Call Me did, Johnny. Some Call Me Johnny. Unless it's a YouTuber like that um, that talks about these games, I, I'm mostly oblivious to their existence, as good or bad as that might be. Yeah. Um, so like Castlevania, uh, I only think I own one Castlevania game, uh, Bloodlines on the Genesis. Um, unfortunately, at this time, I'm not a huge Castlevania fan, so when stuff like this gets announced, it you know I, I would have no way of ever noticing. Um, so unless you talk about it, I, I really don't know, or unless it's on <laughs> one of those YouTube channels that I do watch. Yeah. Um, so yeah... I assume this one is a, a 3D version, yeah, not, a, it is not a 2D to one. Totally 3D, and to be honest, I don't think too many fans of the classic series are going to uh, enjoy it all that much. Or, Unless yeah. they play a lot of modern 3D action-adventure titles, uh, I don't think too many modern gamers are going to enjoy it that much. Uh, I'm sorry, classic Castlevania fans, I don't think they'll enjoy it too much. Yeah. Um, fortunately, or not fortunately, it depends on how you look at it, uh, Mercury Steam... I believe they're a South American development studio that Konami fished this whole project out to. Uh, they said they're done after this upcoming release. Uh, 
I want to say they were probably contracted for three games, and they were like, well, we're ready to sort of uh, let go of the reins and give it to somebody else. Um, yeah. So Lords of Shadow might just be a trilogy, and then Konami will reboot the series again, as seems to be popular these days. Yeah. Or uh, they'll go back to its roots. <laughs> they'll go with another 2D release or something. Or So I think the most interesting thing about this is just kind of like where the series is going to go from here. Like um, Konami has made a statement saying that, you know, if fans are out there to, to buy the games, they will still make Castlevania games. But uh, it's hard to get fans when you're putting out mediocre material. Well, you see, the thing is, it depends on your... <sighs> your standards and tastes like lords of shadow was a well-received game and apparently it sold very well um but as a cast as a longtime original castlevania fan it just didn't click many of the the right buttons it could have there wasn't much of a throwback in terms of music and stuff like that there was <laughs> really only like two portions of the game that had remixed music, and one of them, I think, was just a track that wasn't even a remix. It just kind of sounded like something from Super Castlevania IV. <laughs> um, but there was one part late in the game in, uh, called the music box, and you have to activate this music box to solve this involved puzzle. And as the music box is playing, it's playing uh, a sort of, you know, kind of child's music box jingle of the vampire killer theme from the very first Castlevania. Like, when you first start the game and you're playing through the first level, it basically plays that. Um, and that was kind of cool, but there wasn't enough of that. I mean, yeah, you got daggers. The daggers, they didn't feel anything like they did in old Castlevania games. You had a whip, great, you know, but <laughs> you had werewolves and vampires and stuff like that, but it was very dark and serious, uh, which Castlevania never really was that dark and serious, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you didn't have any other throwbacks aside from using old character names. Um, yeah. You know, they brought back a lot of character names from the old series, the old canon, and a couple of familiar town names, but that's it. I mean, everything else is different. So it wasn't Castlevania enough like that. Um, yeah. They they claim this new one is going to feel more like Castlevania, but I don't think it is, to be honest, because I've watched a bunch of like gameplay reels of it and stuff like that, and it just looks more like more of the same. But it looks cool. It's got some really cool-looking bosses, so... You know, that could be enough uh, to make it worth playing through. So, but uh, yeah, you know what, Chris, let's, uh, uh, I did want to make a quick announcement. We don't really have to talk about this much, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, sort of easing our way back to the old school stuff is uh, Ikaruga uh, was apparently just released on Steam. So uh, if you guys never had access to that game through either the original Dreamcast import or the GameCube, GameCube um, or Xbox Live Arcade. Uh, now is your chance to buy it on the PC. You can get it on Steam. Uh, Ikaruga was a very, very cool top-down shoot 'em up. Uh, it was the spiritual successor to Radiant Silver Gun. It wasn't a direct sequel. Uh, it was actually dubbed Project RS2, which one who has played Radiant Silver Gun can only guess what that means. And um, hmm. yeah, and uh, but it's a great game. Great, great visuals that still hold up great today. Um, yeah. A very fitting sort of symphonic soundtrack uh, and a very, very unique gameplay system that your mind will definitely 
requires some time to adjust to, which I you have to relearn. Yeah, you know how to. Pl- yeah, yeah. Very few games make you do that, and Ikaruga, you pretty much are like starting over from scratch. Yeah, which is not many games make you do that. A lot of games no. just regurgitate the same formulas you've been playing by for the last, well, your whole life. Uh, but Ikaruga definitely, no matter how experienced you are, it requires you to uh, change some wires in your brain. Uh, reroute some wires in your brain. So just wanted to make a quick announcement of that. Um, but with that, I guess we can move on to our next topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll talk about... Well, we've talked about the Pro Pinball series of games for probably since the podcast existence. Um, I think the last couple we talked about were Big Race USA and um, Fantastic Journey. I think you even did a video on Fantastic Journey, and we both realized we... Yeah, the game doesn't... I don't know. It's hard to make it... It doesn't really feel, it doesn't feel that great, Austin. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, it, but, uh, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's nowadays, it's an old pinball game now. I mean, it's like what, yeah. 14, 15, 16 years old, maybe long, older. Yeah, I mean, so the goals didn't quite make sense, and it was really difficult to make uh, the shots. But uh, Time Shock, I think, is the rarest of the bunch. It's not a rare game, but it's a little trickier to uh, find. Yeah, but I the, finally on the PlayStation it is. I want to say when I had it, I had to pay like twenty or thirty bucks for it. It was a little more expensive than the other ones. Uh, <clears throat> so I think I found it in the wild for five or six. Oh, see, that's, that's a good deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's the second game in the... Uh, uh, there's four of them total, I guess, and this was the second game, Austin, and I, I actually found it significantly better than the uh, third and fourth game that we just mentioned. Um, I thought the... I don't know if it was just the table design worked better to the limitation of the pinball engine, um, or if the controls are, in fact, better. Uh, but I actually found myself making shots. Uh, I found myself understanding how to activate modes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found myself understanding how to complete those modes um, and move forward forward with the game um so i actually really dug time shock compared to the other titles in the pro pinball uh series yeah you know what i think uh time shock is the one that most people seem to enjoy the most it's the one i've seen the most videos on and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and i'm actually looking at ebay right now it looks like you can get a bunch of uh well some of these are pc you can get the PlayStation version for about disc only for about 10 bucks on eBay. The PC version is much cheaper, and you can get those on goodoldgames.com. I'd recommend that. Um, looks like a complete copies, 20 bucks, free shipping. Um, so you got a good deal on that for sure. Um, but yeah, I definitely think it's one of the more popular ones in the series. Uh, personally, I haven't given it nearly as much time as the other ones, and so I kind of like Big Race and Fantastic mm-hmm. Journey more. Um, but it's just I fight with the physics. Like the physics are yeah. really good, but at the same time they're not really good. It just it, yeah. they do some really weird things. Like they it, just do some really weird things, and you kind of yeah. It's a yeah. It's an intru- yeah. The ball feels uh, yeah. It's just very different. But I think the table design of, of Time Shock uh, fits the somewhat you know dated physics engine really really well it's not so ambitious like the the next couple of games are well uh fantastic journey and like um big race they weren't really that ambitious they had very realistic pinball table shots they were like Mm -hmm. these could be these could have been real machines and they would have been pretty good machines to play you know it's just the physics kind of took away from that real machine 
uh, feeling factor. And you know what's interesting is these guys are still around making pinball games under different labels, and yeah. um, their physics have improved so much. Like I'm really looking forward to the remakes of these games. Yeah, because they're with the proper exactly. physics engine, and their mm-hmm. new f- physics engines are amazing. They still just use two dimensional uh, assets. They don't do completely 3D like Farsight is, and They've been able to hone their art for the last 15-plus years, and it's I think it's really paid off in their upcoming remakes. I believe – I want to say Time Shock is going to be the first one remade. Yeah. Uh, I hope that comes out on the Mac. I, mean, I will totally buy that. It might. If it doesn't, it might come out to another system you have. I'm uh, pretty sure it's the, coming out to Xbox Live. Uh, so – Maybe. Oh, yeah, I would do that before, if it yeah. was 360 for sure. But so. No, uh, we've talked about it. You've done a video on it. And uh, I was actually pleasantly surprised by Time Shock. Um, I, I found it really good. I still think Super Pinball on the Super Nintendo is better than all of those. <laughs> awesome. Which Since is funny because recorded. like the physics aren't <laughs> as good. But you but can still you still feel like you have a greater control over the game you're yeah. playing. You know? And that's, that's the big key in pinball is... Dude, I was playing, uh, I was up at the coffee shop uh, before we recorded and getting some food, and they had these iPads out. And on one of the iPads, they had this uh, pinball game that is apparently kind of popular on the iPad. It's not the pinball arcade, it's not Zen Pinball, it's another one, and it is just, mm-hmm. the physics are so terrible. The tables look nice, the graphics look nice, the sound is cool, it's got modes, but you can't control the flow of the game at all. Yeah. It's totally unrealistic, and... I don't even know why digital pinball creators even bother trying to make tables that are like real tables, but with terrible physics. Like you're just yeah. defeating the entire purpose of it. If you I, got it yeah. backwards, you got oh yeah, and the the flippers are like three times as long as they're supposed to be, and they go up about uh, ten times as high as they're supposed to be, and that's one of the absolute worst things you can do. And I have yeah, I don't know why ball physics, yeah. flipper physics, exactly the two <laughs> most important right. parts about the game. And you get those wrong, but no, I, you should just cancel your project completely. <laughs> I, I've put hours and hours into uh, my ultimate goal, of course, is to beat the like story mode of Super Pinball. Just play through all three tables. Which is um, tough. I think I've only done that once or twice. Uh, yeah, so I can get through. I'm actually starting to get pretty pretty good at the game where I, I can cruise past uh, the first level is 60,000 or 60 million I think and then the next stage is 120 million um, I can actually do that now which is when I reviewed the game and the last time we talked about it I could not yeah um, so I'm getting fairly good at it but the game is so much more engaging that I can play it for hours on end where even time shock while I find it really good I, I don't find myself playing it you know hours on end like i can with super pinball well last gladiators and necronomicon which coincidentally are made by the same people that did super yep. pinball uh, are the exact same way like i loaded those up uh just a couple weeks back and i actually didn't mark them on our list because we've talked about them so much already. <laughs> we talk about them three four <laughs> times a year <laughs> but uh, i played them for hours each and i wanted yeah. to keep playing more but i had yeah. limited time so it was like i just never got that feeling from the pro pinball games yeah Um, i don't either but that's why i'm excited to to see their remakes because i have played their other pinball games like uh agents uh the agents beckon or something like that on the dsi and then uh, metroid prime pinball on the 3ds or i'm sorry nintendo ds both have amazing physics you know and those are games much newer than pro pinball so i am looking forward to them 
uh, bringing that new physics engine they've been working with on the DS and basically bringing it up uh, yeah, and playing with the these old games. pro pinball tables. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you could do Very you can cool. do a lot of things. You can drop catch, uh, you can live catch, you can you know dead flipper bounces work great. Uh, the physics, I mean, you could even get the ball up to the edge I've, of a flipper, hit it, and the ball actually goes backwards. Uh, whereas in the pinball arcade, the ball goes forward, and that just doesn't make any physical sense at all. You know, if you, I've had fun with pro pinball and actually, you know, getting the ball drains down the side and being able to hit it back up into the play field. Yep. Just weird moves like that, which I don't. It was really funny to see. Like, okay, I know if I time this exactly right, the game will let me pop it back into play, even after it drained out the left or right, or whatever the terminology would be for that. So, uh, alrighty, are we done with pinball? Oh uh, yeah, you're the one that brought it on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I always, I never know how much to talk about pinball. But I love the old pinball games. Oh, you know I, I find them so fascinating. You know me, I love pinball. Uh, we talked about uh, 15 minutes of pinball before we started recording. <laughs> All right. Yeah, which One I actually need to, funniest... I need to uh, respond to my friend's email uh, right after this show because, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're trying to you play business for this event. Yeah, and this could potentially mean another pinball machine in my collection. A real pinball machine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so on Austin's uh, Gameplay and Talk Facebook page, uh, every once in a while he'll be like, uh, do you want me to do a playthrough of this or a playthrough of this or a long play of this or a long play of that? And uh, at some point he decided to put Raiden Trad as one of those games. And I'm just like, there's no way you will ever intentionally sit down and play through that game. Well, see, what you don't realize, Chris, is when I put those things on there, you already I've done already them. done them. It was like, which one would you rather see first? Uh, you, so anyway, Raiden Trad, uh, we've talked about our love for, for Raiden um, on the JAG, uh, on the PlayStation, and, uh, you know, really strong series. But the Super Nintendo version of the original Raiden is horrible. Like really, really bad. Yeah, it's it's pretty awful. Uh, and you know what? I felt I felt really bad after I uploaded my long play of that game. You were really easy on it. So. Well, I felt <laughs> really bad because the footage. You know how YouTube chops out half the frames. It looked a lot better in video form than it does actually playing yeah. it in person. Like the game looks so much smoother in the video, mm-hmm. and I felt like I was almost promoting the game and making it look yeah, better like, than it hey. should. <laughs> it's it's so you're right. The first problem when you boot it up is it's choppy as hell. Oh yeah, it, the frame rate is is garbage. Really, really bad. The sound effects are really awful. Um, and it's, it's whole... basically like the same three sound effects for the entire game too, mind you. It's just like every time you fire, and then when it hits an enemy, it's like and then occasionally, and those are the same three sound effects you hear through the whole game. And but luckily in the video, you can hear Austin talking over all of that. I can't tell in that game either, Austin, because in the Jag version, in the arcade version, it's a you know it's a vertically oriented game. You know, in the the jag like covers up the right side of the yeah. screen to give you that vertical play field. I can't tell if in the PlayStation and Gen or the Super Nintendo and the Genesis versions if they expanded the left and right or if they chopped off the top and bottom. But it feels it doesn't feel the same at all. No. I mean they're they're full screen in the Super Nintendo or in the Super Nintendo version it's full screen. Um Oh, you, I think you're right. I think the Genesis drawn, does. It's drawn to where it still scrolls to the left and right. 
in the Genesis version, it's still vertical, but it also they all scroll to the left and right. Uh, yeah. The Jaguar version, They're... in place of say the Genesis versions, completely black bar on the side. The Jaguar mm-hmm. version just kind of puts this really cool bar that has your score and stuff. So it looks a little more natural. You know, there's a lot less blank space right. basically. Um, yeah, Super Nintendo version doesn't have that. It's just full screen. It's it's a horizontal, as some people would like to call it, where it's it's vertically scrolling, but it's it takes up the whole horizontal screen space at the same time. So, um, yeah, you know, Raid and Tread on the Super Nintendo, it had potential. Like, you know, the backgrounds actually look, for the most part, fine. You know, it's just the frame rate is so choppy. The sound effects are awful. Your bullets, as they go up the screen, it looks like they skip up the screen. They don't yeah. fly up smooth like they do in every other version of Raiden. Or Raiden, as it's pronounced. Raiden. Uh, Raiden, mind you, uh, just to veer off topic for a second, uh, stands <laughs> for thunder and lightning, apparently, in Japanese, I believe. So it's actually two separate words, but, you know, ever since a kid, uh, ever since I was a kid, I, everyone I've known has always called it Raiden, because that's what it yeah. looked like. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, you know... I was just really, really looking for long plays to do. I had made a huge <laughs> list of like all the ones I could potentially do, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try Raid and Tread, and uh, yeah, I could just cruise through this game, and I did. I think I just loaded it up and hit record and just ran through the game without too many problems. Uh, I did die a few times because oh, one of the things I absolutely hated about the game is they changed up all of the boss patterns. Um, you know, I get to like the third boss, and it doesn't even do any kind of pattern I'm remotely used to. So I just end up dying two times in a row because I had to relearn the pattern, um, and I was playing carelessly. So uh, because it's so bad, yeah. You know, Raid and Trad, unfortunately, <laughs> it had potential, but it really doesn't have too many redeeming qualities, uh, except for the soundtrack. The soundtrack, Raiden's always had catchy music, and the Super Nintendo version at least gets that part right. Uh, it's good to hear the classic rating tunes uh, in the Super Nintendo form. Um, but, you know, strangely enough, they also uh, rearranged where the music actually plays in the game. Yeah. You know, and they did that for the Jaguar version, but I didn't feel so bad in that version because they actually introduced extra tunes, too. Um, whereas the arcade version would regurgitate the same four or five tunes throughout the whole game. Uh, the Jag version actually introduced a bunch of new music, so... Um, that kind of filled the gaps, you know. Um, but uh, and it was good music too. It wasn't. It fit the game perfectly. Yeah. So, which was actually kind of surprising. <laughs> uh, man, but I, I really want to play. Actually, Jack I didn't realize again, that man. the game was. Yeah. The internet seems to have died. No, I can hear you. <laughs> All right. It's coming back. Alrighty. So anyway, I was. <laughs> okay. uh, I might actually revisit that. I didn't realize that the game was significantly easier. Um, so I might just blow through that since I'll be able don't to. Don't waste and then, your time. Um, don't. Don't even. Who cares if you can beat it? It's not one. YouTube loves it when you uh, review a bad game. I don't know why, but they do. Well, if you want to review the game, then blow through it. But if you just want to play the game yeah. on your own without reviewing it, don't even. Well, plus, I have to knock it off the, the old backlogger, Austin. Oh, jeez. The site that you haven't I've used got, in a year. <laughs> I, I updated it a couple weeks ago. It's really? up to date. <laughs> Geometry Wars and Excite Truck are even on there. It's been so long, it's probably taken you a year to update it. 
It took a couple hours to <laughs> go through because I've sold and bought so many games. But no, I own it. I might, I might as well play through it, even if it's not that great. Oh yeah, I so, forgot you have every Super Nintendo shoot 'em up. I do oh, every man. American shooter. Well, my I'm, first, I'm sorry uh, for my first collection. I'm sorry for owning that one. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry too. for you for owning that one. <laughs> but hey, but hey some duds have to be uh, had if you want to own uh, everything mm-hmm. of something. You know, that's the way it goes. So, <sighs> but yeah, right, I mean, Austin. that's pretty much everything off our list. <laughs> I was going to lead that into Raiden Project on the PS One, but I did pick that up again recently because you know I've been buying and selling a lot of games over the last several years, and. Yeah. Raiden Project is one of those games that I really shouldn't sell, you know, because I don't really have any other way to get it or play it, and I always have the urge to go back and play it. Like, yeah, I can play Raiden on my main computer, but it just doesn't feel the same. You know, the picture isn't as crisp. Uh, it doesn't have Raiden 2, um, mm-hmm. because due to a uh, ROM issue and copy protection issue in the original game's board, uh, it's really difficult to actually emulate Raiden 2. It actually hasn't been done yet. So the only one of the only ways to play it is either through the original PC port or the original PlayStation port, which I believe the PC port was actually a port of the PlayStation port. So, you know, um, so it's good to have Raiden Project back. I've actually been playing it again for the last few nights, and it's nice that you can actually save your high scores on it and, you know, things like that. You have a few different screen options, and uh, it's great. So... Um, I hope to stumble across that game at some point in the future. I mean, that's, Whenever I'm in a store, I'm always going straight to the R's. That's one game. Well, keep in mind, it's a long box release, Chris. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to miss. So, yeah. uh, don't be looking at the small cases and expecting to stumble across it, because you probably won't unless it's disc only. So Interesting. Okay, right. so, well, I mean, long what, I, what I might recommend is just <laughs> biting the bullet and paying the 30 bucks for it, because yeah. it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. I try. I honestly believe, Austin, I don't think I've bought a retro game off the internet in, in many years, uh, if I think about it. You know, the Raiden Project could be your one exception. And uh, I've been buying <laughs> Wild Only to try and limit the size of the collection from being like a thousand games. Yeah. No, I don't blame you. I definitely don't blame you. I just you. crested 500 again, so I, I kind of feel like I need to get that down to a more manageable level Jeez, again. Jeez, man, you have more games than me. And the only reason, I want to say my collection is probably up to about, it's probably got to be sitting around the 400 range right now. And the only reason it's at the 400 range is because I have 301 Dreamcast games. So <laughs> the Dreamcast is actually that is seven, a huge collection. Seventy five percent of my library is my one Dreamcast yeah. wall, um, which I'm. Did you stop going for the uh, NES thing, oh, or dude, is that, that was like uh, on pause? That was like a year. Or is that over? That was long over a long time ago. That was uh, the end well, of. Well, we uh, talk. No, man. We talk. Ab- um, you, you're totally forgetting. Uh, <laughs> the end of, uh, you know, that last stretch of 2012, you know, when I had back issues and stuff like that, and I was moving out, back to moving out to another apartment again, I um, I was downsizing big time, and I sold all my NES games, and I had 300-something NES games. Uh, I needed to pay off credit card debt and stuff like that. Yeah. I needed to pay for the chiropractor visits. Um, so all of my cartridge games were pretty much gone at that time. Um, all right. 
And I, I, that's also when I invested in all the flashcards for systems I didn't already have them for. That's right. Yeah. So I, you know, that's when I got my Turbo EverDrive. That's when I got my handheld system flashcards. Uh, that's when I got my NES flashcard, which was a savior mm-hmm. because I just sold 300 games, <laughs> but I loaded up more than 300 games on the flashcard. So it was okay, you know. Um, uh, and yeah. So so that's it. Yeah, I don't like being. <clears throat> I, I don't really have any interest in having you know a really you know the world's most impressive, largest video game collection by any stretch. Um, four hundred has always been a good number for me. You know, as far as space, you know, it looks nice on all the shelves that I have, but you know, it, it's a level that I'll probably play them all someday. Uh, but at five hundred or more, I mean, there's going to be games I will never play. And no, absolutely, that's kind of not mean. the point. To me, anyway. And, I mean, if you're a collector and you want 3,000 games, I mean, go for it. I don't care. That's just not what and, that's and not you know what, Chris? What I'm about. Even just having, like, 100 games, it's very difficult to actually get around and play them all. Um, but that's also kind of due to me having flashcards as well. That kind of gets in the way of the actual physical games I have. Because i got a Genesis flashcard, a Super Nintendo yeah. flashcard, uh, a TurboGrafx flashcard. Uh, and yeah, I just kind of get lost in those some days and I don't even play the games I have on my shelves. Um, so I have a very minimal amount of actual games aside from my Dreamcast collection, you know, probably in the hundred range. A lot of those are modern games now. Um, but, uh, I don't even play those that much, you know, but that could also be, uh, thanks to pinball. So, yeah, but, uh, man, Musha's getting up there. Oh Yeah. I don't even want to think about that. Didn't you sell yours for... ah, I wish I could have bought uh, yours. Oh, well. well, No, I I actually traded (laughs) mine. You traded. I traded it. It was a partial trade for my Sega STV board and Radiant Silver Gun um, and Suhiro Garantai. Basically, I I had sold my friend uh, the STV board probably about 10 years ago with all the games. And... um, uh, yeah, so I, I worked up a trade with him, got it back a couple of years ago, and uh, so yeah, it was it was worth it because the STV with Radiant Silver Gun is a few hundred bucks, and mm-hmm. it hasn't really dropped in value, and neither has Musha. You know, it was a, I think it was a pretty even trade. You know, I kind of wish I still had a complete Musha. Mine was really nice too. Yeah, it was, uh, it was in really good condition. But uh, you know, my buddy got what he wanted. I got what I wanted. And uh, I still play Radiant Silver Gun on my arcade cabinet, so it's it was worth it. That's uh, about... Yeah, I could see eBay in that. I don't know. Hopefully it pops up in my local store at some point. That would be pretty nice. It could. It could. I mean, that's and a then game I can that is... Uh, it's rare, but it's not, like, impossibly rare, you know? Like... Like, yeah, if I... <laughs> I've seen it local... There's always uh, a few copies. A few times, so... I'm just searching so I'm eBay right now myself as well. <laughs> so like, there's one. I think I want buy one it, of those buy again. Buy it now for two twenty five, but it's not sold, so it's probably not going to. Uh, there's a no. complete one. Someone's trying to really list one for six hundred dollars. Why do they even bother? All right, a full complete went for in auction one forty six oh five. Yeah, it's a little more like it. Yeah, an actual real auction. Yeah, that actually sold. 
Yeah, I could see dropping 150. I don't know if I could go much higher than that. Well, you did it for Aero Fighters. <laughs> I love Aero Fighters. that was cartridge I don't man. love Musha. <laughs> yeah. yeah see, what does that go see, for? That's how we'll end the show. Well, no. What does Aero Fighters go for? Oh, Aero Fighters is probably... I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a grand complete... Um, Sold 260. Complete? Sold complete one ninety nine ninety five. Buy it now. Someone got a steal. Someone listed it. Buy it now. Went for two hundred bucks. Complete with manual. Really? These loose ones two sixty two seventy five. There's one right now three hundred and fifteen. Buy it now. There's, loose. There's one that's an actual auction for seven hundred for complete copy, and someone's got a bid on it. <laughs> Yeah, I let me do, I got mine for completed. one of the questions. I think it was from uh, Tim. Of, oh no, um, it actually uh, it actually supposedly sold. Okay, I am looking at completed. So yeah, I bet you that's not legit. It's probably not. They probably withdrew at the last second. Actually, you know what um, I could do is uh, I want to. Sometimes when I think it's too good to be true, I go back and I look at the feedback, and the feedback's been left. Yeah, there's no feedback left for it. Yeah. And they do it only has three three feedback. So I mean that's not Yeah. Not real. So it looks like between two hundred and three hundred bucks. Gosh, that's crazy. I got mine for one seventy. Wow, that two hundred dollar one. No game for two hundred. Terrible shape. Oh that's too. no game. That's no oh, game. I'm, yeah. Wow. Two hundred bucks. That is is this the rarest US Super Nintendo game or no? Uh it is close to it, yeah. Yeah. Or at least God, look at the one with the chipped-up manual, two hundred and forty-six ninety-four. Yeah, wow. Looks like I am one, so lucky. One sold. Well, you still paid like what two hundred for your cartridge? One seventy. That's uh. Look, someone posted a uh, a complete one. It looks really nice, and it buy it now two thousand one hundred dollars, and it looks like it's sold. Eat your heart out. Earthbound. Yeah. This is a real rare game. <laughs> All right. Well, with that five minutes of uh, listening to us talk back and forth on eBay, I think uh, that's a good time to end the show. Well, I wonder what my Dracula X is worth now. <laughs> All right. We'll Which I, I feel, uh, I, you know, <laughs> that was the most expensive game I've probably ever bought, a uh, cartridge game. But I, paid. I forgot to mention when you were talking about Castlevania, I wouldn't mind tracking down Super Castlevania 4. Uh, that shouldn't cost you too much if you get a cartridge only. Uh, but Dracula X, on the other hand, is about a hundred plus dollar game on its own. Uh, I had to pay about two sixty something for a complete nice one. It is, it's nice. It's in really good yeah. shape. But uh, I, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have to for this collection. So I did it when I had a lot of money. I had just cashed out my previous 401k from my job I was with for four years. So. I had several grand in the bank, and I was like, I can afford it now without hurting me. <laughs> and on our next, yeah. uh, our next episode, investment advice from Chris yeah. and Austin. <laughs> Cash out your 401k and use the money. Buy your video games. <laughs> um, well, there was a complete one, apparently, that sold for $305. It had two bids okay. on it. Um, so They're getting there. And I'm looking at other ones, and... One with the manual and cartridge, 125. That was 19 bids. It's a lot of cartridge onlys that are selling for about the $100 range. Um, mm-hmm. There's one cartridge only for 135 That was buy it now, though. Someone actually gave in. Uh, one, 17 bids, 127 Wow. So I guess prices are actually going up on Dracula X just a teensy, teensy, tiny bit. 
Damn, um, Super Nintendo. 149, buy it now, someone bought it. 108, two bids. 305 again, another complete copy. Separate auction from the other one. Sold at 305, 19 bids. Had all the paperwork, looks like it's in nice shape. You know, I hate using eBay as a reference point, but you don't really have any other reference points. I mean, there's Game Gavel, but no one uses Game Gavel. Unfortunately, yeah, I like Game Gavel. I actually bought a couple. Uh, I have a wanted to buy thread in, on Atari Age for Dreamcast games. And I only have like seven more games to wrap up the collection. And uh, a guy there messaged me and uh, he said, hey, check out my Game Gavel auctions. And uh, he had two games I was looking for and got them both for like 10 bucks a piece. Uh, which I'd probably have to pay a little bit more on eBay to get them. So, mm-hmm. and they were in good shape. Shipped them fast. So, you know, game gavel's good. It's just that nobody uses it, so you don't see much. And a lot of the people that do use it, like the sellers, they just post eBay prices. So it's like, what's the benefit yeah. to me even bothering looking on game gavel? Um, the benefit for them, I assume, is less fees. Yeah, there's oh no yeah, benefit there's way, the way less fees on game gavel. It's a much better selling environment. I don't think it's nearly as streamlined as far as selling items, but it is a, a much better place for the sellers to actually sell. I mean, they only have to pay like $7. I don't know if it's like a month or if it's just a flat fee. And some sellers actually, there was a grandfather period where they can just play a, pay a flat fee once and never have to pay a fee again or something like that. Or only have to pay like a 2% final value fee or something. A really small final value fee. Whereas eBay, nice. eBay takes up to 15% now. That, and then you get another 3% for PayPal fees. Um, so it's really, I mean, if you're selling like a $100 item, expect to only get 75 or 80 out of that 100 uh, Especially if you're doing free shipping <laughs> and you have to pay for shipping out of pocket. Yeah. And some places are expensive to ship to. You yep. might think you only have to pay $5 shipping, but some dude in like some random mountain range of California, it'll cost you $12 <laughs> to ship to him and you'll be screwed, you know? So unless you're already making like a 2000% profit on your item, you know, you might end up you eating can't it. Do it. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Dracula X isn't nearly as rare as error fighters, not by a long shot. I mean, if you look on the eBay completed listings, there was one page, not even for error fighters and Dracula X, there's like, four pages completed and com- ebay's completed listings i want to say only goes back like 90 days or something mm-hmm. so that's one page of listings for 90 days of activity on ebay although to be fair i have something that's even rarer yes i have a beta of dave mira freestyle bmx on the dreamcast and it's my rolling stones pinball machine yeah, that's totally rare. <laughs> In the last 90 days, not a single one has sold on eBay. <laughs> How many of those did they, did they make? Just a couple hundred I don't or 50? I think or? there was many of them because... Uh Nobody wanted it. I don't know. Everyone in the pinball community, most of the people in the pinball community did not like the game, which is yeah. crazy because it's pretty much my favorite pinball machine. Uh, and so I think it's actually a very limited release. Uh, the only ones that are on eBay and were on eBay were limited editions, which it's funny because <laughs> I think the regular edition is harder <laughs> to find than the limited edition. <laughs> They're all pretty limited. Yeah. Um, so, 
Yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there for for fun. <laughs> totally, yeah. So I we're actually, this is a really long episode, uh, about an hour and 20 minutes, so I think it's about time we can wrap this up, Chris. Um, do you want to talk about anything else real quick uh, or mention that anything? That is, or? no, I'm good. You're good? Or do you want me to like be like, you know, make sure you check out, I guess if you're are, listening, are you, uh, I don't know. Are you totally forgetting something? Yeah, what am I forgetting? Uh, how to spell totally right? Oh, that was a show title. What happened to this? Uh, did you delete a word? No. Oh, hell. I don't know what this episode's going to be called. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, make sure you... Oh, I don't even know, Austin. I want to be like, rate, comment, favorite, and subscribe. And I'm like, oh, wait, we're not on YouTube. <laughs> I don't even get that, like... I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, you know Implantgames.com. What, you, know what, you know what, Chris, is all the people yes. with huge followers always say that. So there's got to be some key to it, you know? I Maybe. I barely said it. I'm, I'm just a little more nonchalant watched... about it. I'm like, hey, hey, if if you like this, you know, you know, just maybe subscribe. And then I have never it. watched a video that I really liked and been like, I'm not going to subscribe to this guy. Or like... They tell me to subscribe. I'm like, oh, thank God he told me. I would have forgot. <laughs> like that just isn't going to happen. Yeah, but right. I, you know, Chris, Chris, I don't. I don't have faith in the majority of the human race. So I, yeah, I honestly think right. they probably need the, re- the, like, the reminder. Oh yeah, hit subscribe. Oh yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> I, I almost <laughs> thanks forgot. for the reminder, Austin. <laughs> All right, implantgames.com. Uh, Find a link to our show notes, click on the Giant 61, uh, leave a comment if you have anything to say, and uh, we'll see you all again in two weeks. See you guys in two weeks. Maybe, unless we get lazy again. Busy, not lazy. Lazy. (laughs) 